my name is what, what do i say again <laughs> you say your name and what book you wrote nerd. i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> uh <laughs> hi my name is claribel Aritega and i'm the author of ghost squad and i'm kat cho and i'm the author of wicked fox and this is write or die hello hello <laughs> what a smooth <laughs> and introduction that, that we did only once only once <laughs> perfect no mistakes no no <laughs> um so i'm like excited and nervous for for this episode because we're starting a new series yes which a really good idea um which stemmed from twitter of course <laughs> and it stemmed for twitter and it's for twitter <laughs> yeah it's so we're gonna be doing um book twitter manual so everything that basically we have experienced on book Twitter up to this point, uh, th- like tips, things that people talk about that you might have no idea what they're saying, <laughs> the the biggest scandals, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, all of that stuff. We're going to dissect them, talk about them, laugh about them so that you will be less lost and you will uh, know what's what's going on. Because we always talk about how it would be nice for when you're a new writer to get like a manual for Twitter like this is (laughs) these are the things we've already talked about 700 times uh so you can know Uh, that that's actually a really good topic like what have we talked about 700 times just make a list (laughs) yeah I mean well this yeah it stemmed from you know Twitter scandal number 6892 of just of 2021 was happening and I tweeted semi-sarcastically, but also kind of seriously, that I wish there was a book manual or a book Twitter manual for new people because inevitably every other scandal or like blow up that happens is because somebody comes in and says something really ignorant that they should have known better than to say if they were paying attention. Yeah. And I'm like, just read the manual, man. But of course there isn't one. Um, And then one of our, what I believe to be your listener, Romy, quote tweeted me or or replied and said okay but like can this be part of write or die and we were like yes yes it can actually it can we um, have that power we might not have much power but that power we have that power we do have so you know just just to like give some guidelines for everyone about how we're hoping this this comes out is is that what we're going to go over is everything Clarabelle said but we do have rules for ourselves because you know it's important to have rules because how else are you going to break them, right? No, I'm just kidding. But um, we definitely want to make sure that if we're talking about a scandal, it's public. It's something that did happen publicly on Twitter. It's not like, you know, a behind the scenes thing that we're outing. Um, so it's something that you could technically Google search and find some of the tweets yourself. Um, and also, we just want to make sure that it's not a personal fight that happened between two individuals necessarily. Uh, We're more going to talk about the big picture things, the things that had big impact into um, what was happening on Twitter, things that we've learned because of it, or new ways we've discovered to discuss things on Twitter because of it. Um, And most of the time when that happens, it's because it's like, a publishing company did something wrong or Mm -hmm. an agency did something wrong someone in power did something Mm -hmm. wrong and and they were had to be called out by the public right um that's all i got you you have anything to add clarabelle nope let's get started (laughs) (laughs) i feel like Uh, we need like intro new intro music for this series i'll i'll (laughs) i'll find it it'll be like i don't know 
I'll try to find something that sounds like a Real Housewives intro, like (laughs) scandalous music, and it's going to start now. (laughs) Um, Okay, so first we have uh, Twitter shorthand. So this is, I guess, like terms and stuff uh, and like etiquette that you learn Mm -hmm. as you've been on Twitter. Uh, the first one, which is really funny, because every time you say it, people say, what's that? And it's CP. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, what's that, Clarabelle? CP means critique partner. So it's just another a fellow writer who you exchange your work with and you exchange notes. That's it. Yeah. Another thing that is talked about a lot is don't punch down. But of course, when you just hear someone say that, you might not 100% understand what they're referencing and what we pretty much mean is to kind of look at what the power balance or imbalance might be between those two accounts or those two individuals and if it's someone who's higher in power say an editor or an agent and they're making fun or subtweeting an author or authors in general that's considered punching down because right. an editor or an agent have a lot more power in the industry so we say we would we would say oh that That was wrong. They were punching down. Right. So another thing uh, we wanted to talk about was avoiding language that's used to target uh, BIPOC authors in your replies. This is a really important one because I feel like a lot of times, Mm -hmm. even within like the BIPOC community, people co-opt the language of social justice and uh, different things to sort of target people that they don't like, um, which is not good. But then there are times where there's something happening and you might get upset about it and sort of reply to someone who is um, black indigenous person of color and say these things that have historically sort of started um, a dog pile or like people uh, jumping in to sort of like attack them. Uh, So like calling somebody aggressive for calling out racism uh, or, you know, any sort of like bigotry, uh, the use of the mm-hmm. word Twitter mob, uh, words Twitter mob, bullies, uh, saying that you've been censored. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that last one gets me yeah. so bad. Yeah. It's like learn the definition of the word censor and censorship before you throw it around. And the problem with this is that it's not just like a random person on Twitter saying it. Like people, like, like senators say it people are like you're censoring us by by kicking us off of twitter Mm -hmm. twitter's a private company man yeah a private company can't censor you it's only the a government or government institution can enact a censorship yeah look it up like look it up people for example i'll give you an example of this i i went to cuba a couple of times uh, for the havana book fair and there was a a cuban-american author who uh wrote a book and the book got stopped at customs because this author had said things about the Cuban government that they didn't like. So they stopped the book at customs. They wouldn't let him bring it through. And they tried to stop an event that he was having in Cuba because of the things that he had said in complete other publications. So he, mm-hmm. they were trying to censor him. <laughs> Yes, if that happens exactly. to you, then it's a legitimate complaint. Okay, that's completely <laughs> legitimate. If if the if the government of your country 
stops your ability to publish or sell your books in that country, then they are censoring you. Yeah. And you can talk and then you can talk about it on Twitter if you want yeah. to and say you're being censored. Yeah. We allow that. Yeah. <laughs> Oksana and Pran weren't born fire breathing demons. But then they were kidnapped, transformed to have power over flames, and forced to fight for the empire that conquered their homelands. Trapped in the heartless army, they have only each other to hold on to. Both yearn to reclaim their lives, but both have drastically different visions of what freedom looks like and what lines they will cross to obtain it. Worse, they discover that the only way to defeat the monsters who subjugated them may be to become monsters themselves. Perfect for fans of An Ember in the Ashes, We Are the Fire features fire magic, twisted alchemy, and ash gray morals. Emily A. Duncan, the New York Times bestselling author of Wicked Saints, calls it bold and immersive, a strong new addition to the YA fantasy canon. In bookstores on February 16th, 2021. For Luceli Luna, ghosts are more than just the family business. Shortly before Halloween, Luceli and her best friend Sid cast a spell that accidentally awakens malicious spirits, wreaking havoc throughout St. Augustine. Together, they must join forces with Sid's witch grandmother Babette and her tubby tabby chunk to fight the haunting head-on and reverse the curse to save the town and Luceli's firefly spirit before it's too late. With the family dynamics of Coco and action-packed adventure of Ghostbusters, Clarabel A. Ortega delivers both a thrillingly spooky and delightfully sweet debut novel with Ghost Squad. Order today at buyghostsquad.com. Okay, so next one is a tip. Uh, Clarabel and I give this advice all the time on this podcast and to each other. <laughs> um, but it's just before you reply to a tweet that's gotten you really upset, um, take a walk. Sleep yeah. it off. Think it through. Put it in your drafts folder and then come back to it later after you've taken time. Like later means like, like, you know, an, at least like half an hour, an hour later. Not like, yeah, oh, I put no. it in my drafts folder. It's been 30 seconds. I can tweet it now. Um, just long enough for you to have thought it through. Um, and I, I promise you that this actually will make your life a lot easier because the worst thing that can happen is that you tweet something in anger or in frustration and you word it badly because you're so upset and then someone attacks you and it warps your message or you don't realize that you accidentally used bad appropriative language in your tweet and didn't think it through so yeah it's really important to yeah <laughs> don't tweet angry <laughs> yeah another suggestion would be to share it with your group chat like a trusted small group chat and say like hey is am I like is this gonna be bad if I say it or just vent to them instead of venting on Twitter I think that's the best approach like as time has gone on I've realized that um there are certain things that are better to just keep between a small circle of people and one of those things I told um you about Kat a long time ago was I'm not gonna subtweet about things that I'm not willing to give full context for and mm-hmm, the reason mm-hmm. is because it can lead to misunderstanding. It could lead to not only making your followers anxious because they worry that it's about them, which that happens so much on uh, Twitter, yeah. but also it could have people could read it a, a, a certain way and get upset at you because of their interpretation. And you can't get mad at them because you're not providing 
the context of what you're talking about, right? So unless Mm -hmm. I'm willing to really put it all out there, I'm not going to say anything because then it's not the uh, it's it's going to be on me if people get pissed at me for their interpretation of it because I'm being vague you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so that's that's a rule that I sort of set for myself that's really helped I I honestly try not to subtweet at all anymore uh but if it if like we said if it's like an institutional thing where we're talking about like a publisher or something like that where it's like a big deal then and you and you feel really strongly that you have to and and you do it then I I would take that as a rule because otherwise it's going to lead to a lot of misunderstandings and a lot of a lot of things that could be easily resolved like a like a false conflict in a book uh, (laughs) by two people just like saying a thing um becomes a huge issue on Twitter because it snowballs from like a subtweet to assumptions to more subtweets and on and on and on for hours and hours until it blows up. And at the end of it, unfortunately, what ends up happening with almost every freaking scandal or problem that we have is BIPOC authors end up getting targeted by like these really weird right wing type people who are obsessed with us and like write articles about us to because they're bored or jealous or something mm-hmm. um and then it turns into like harassment and people having to leave the the platform altogether it always sort of like ends in that like that's how it ends um yeah so so i think that no matter how it starts right i think being really careful about the things that you choose to call out and talk about um is important yeah i, I completely agree and i also i think that there are certain things think about it sometimes i try to think about it in like a specific situation made me mad and mm-hmm. I want to tweet about the specifics of it. And then with time, I realized like that specific situation got to me. It triggered me so much because it's indicative of like a bigger pattern. And so I feel more comfortable tweeting about the bigger pattern, which in and of itself is a complete tweet. It's um, it is a subtweet, but it's also like a complete thought mm-hmm. that can stand on its own. I agree. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. So like, it's it, um, something that would be like, and, and this is completely uh, fictional that I'm making up right now. This did not happen to me, I swear. Like if, if someone, um, if like someone at my publisher came to me and was like, oh, we always knew that your book wouldn't sell as well because you have Asian faces on your cover Boom. and those are so niche. Boom. I could tweet that. I could tweet, how dare someone at my publisher say this specific thing to me, mm-hmm. right? But then that is A, calling out, very specific of individual, right? People are going to say, who said that to you? Um, and and it's also like my personal business and I don't want to air that out there. But in general, I can say there's, a, there's an issue within this industry that sees non-white faces as not being commercial. And that's an issue that we need to be addressing on a larger mm-hmm. scale as a community. Mm-hmm. I can say that second tweet and, and it's a complete thought and people can understand the concept and they can they can go off of that. So, so sometimes it is nice to like kind of pull yourself back and see the forest for the trees and see like, is this indicative of a bigger problem? And do I still want to talk about that bigger problem? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree with Mm -hmm. that. And because that also minimizes the sort of, so I've been dealing with a lot of anxiety in terms of like Twitter lately. And I think a lot of it comes from like me being outspoken and like when you're outspoken on Twitter about 
social social justice issues you do accrue like a like a little gallery of people who can't stand you right like it just happens (laughs) and it's well because you you make them feel bad right and and it you make them face what their failings are right and and the thing is that people will say like well who gives a shit like they're bigots but like not everybody who feels that way is a person who is outwardly that way to us do you know what i mean there are mm-hmm. plenty of people who are uh, everyone likes and thinks is is nice and this and that on on you know in publishing and nobody knows that they're ho- actually horrible um and mm-hmm. they could just be annoyed at anybody calling these things out or even anybody being the center of attention when they're not right like it's like it could yeah. be anything um so for me i've really um i'm started to have started to like realize that i'm not i'm not a, a sad that i've called things out and that i've spoken up for people um but i mm-hmm. definitely do think that it's affected me in a way that i have seen it not affect friends who haven't done the same like like friends yes. who haven't called stuff out enjoy being you know sort of liked in this neutral way where they don't have to worry about uh, this pressure of knowing that there's people who are waiting for you to fuck up so that they can make you feel how you made them feel. Yeah, for sure. Mm. I mean, there are people you can tell like who is a person who is constantly speaking up and, and trying to make publishing uh, both the industry and the, and the writers face their, failures mm-hmm. you can tell who those people mm-hmm. are because the the things that they say will immediately attract such interesting intense reactions mm-hmm. and that's because people are waiting for them like like the i don't want to say anyone by name because like i don't want to like pull, like just just in case i don't yeah want no to we shouldn't any mm-hmm. trolls in their direction but there are people who i know i know them personally and I know their intentions. And I know that when they speak up about something, they're not just trying to get attention. They would rather not say mm-hmm. anything. Um, but they say it because we they have private conversations first and everyone else is like, I'm too scared. I'm too scared. Will you please do it? You do it so often. And they're like, okay, fine. I will do it. I will be your shield. And then they do it and you and it's and it's immediately pounced on and you're like there's no way that people found this so quickly if they weren't if they didn't have like an alert on yeah, for this they're waiting for because it. they were just mm-hmm. waiting and it's so unfortunate because eventually that drives these people who were who we don't whether you realize it or not there's a handful of people that are acting as a shield for all of y'all mm. they are they are a very integral part of our community and and it's a privilege the fact that you don't have to notice it because they are the one who's standing between you and people who would do meaner things to you. Right. Um, but eventually some of them do get driven off, you know, they have to lock their account, they have to, they have to, you know, delete it and make a new one or something like that. And it's an awful, awful, like, um, part of, of what Twitter is right now. Yeah, I hate to see it. And it, it only becomes worse the bigger your following becomes as well because there's this really weird specific thing that happens like the more followers you get like you suddenly get people who completely don't know you or misunderstand everything that you say and but continue to follow you and sort of like bite you on everything (laughs) 
It's very strange. I know Chrissy Teigen was saying like she wishes she could go back to like 500 followers. And like I can't imagine having a following like her. But people will get mad at anything she says. Like she could be like I had broccoli for lunch. And they'll be like how dare you. Don't you know that having broccoli is bad for the environment? Um, Because (laughs) – and they'll like start sending heat her way. And it's like literally you – everything that you say becomes amplified. And like you go from – just saying anything and like nobody giving a shit or like 10 people laughing with you to like people dissecting anything that you talk about and that is overwhelming as hell oh it's it's awful and you know i think it's there's also an offshoot of that which is that the more followers you get and the more public your name becomes the less people see you as a human oh, yeah. and the more they see you as a faceless <laughs> account and you can tell because the way that people will talk about you when they're subtweeting you they won't say this author said this or this person said this they said they'll say this account this this. i was called i was subtweeted as this big account the other day so that's like what i'm reduced to now (laughs) thanks and and i get it like with being an author these days comes with this responsibility of platform i get that but A, this is really new. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I under, like, you know, I always hear that thing being like, if you didn't want to be in the public, in the public eye, you shouldn't have heard that, like, cho- chosen this career. Well, I'm sorry, but when we first were becoming authors, this wasn't a thing. Right. It wasn't. <laughs> like, to this level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people who become authors, they do it because they're introverts. Like, we want to tell stories, but we don't want to be, like, on TV doing it. So we just... Speak for yourself. books. Okay, well, I would I, like to be I on mean, TV and Broadway. Lynn Manuel, call fine. me. I, call me. I don't Lynn. want to be on Broadway. I'll be on TV, but like, <laughs> I also want zero judgment for any. You know what I though? Made, I think that's a really interesting thing for people to say. Like, if you didn't want like um, attention, you shouldn't have. I think that is a fucking cop out for people to t- treat public figures however they want without consequence. Mm-hmm. And we're humans. <laughs> and it's like if you, we're people. if you. If you try to quote tweet me and you expect me not to say anything because I have more followers, I have bad news for you. You should have learned not to start something if you don't want anything to come of it. Like you don't you don't engage someone who is like five times your size on the sidewalk because you're in a bad mood because you know that Mm -hmm. something bad is going to happen to you. And I'm not saying it as a threat. I'm just saying it's like common sense. Like you shouldn't start something with an account that is an account in quotes that is bigger than yours because you think a it doesn't matter because they have a lot of followers we're still human beings and b Mm -hmm. they're not going to see this because the thing is even i have my notifications off for people who don't follow me so if you don't follow me i don't see what you're saying but my followers see everything (laughs) they see stuff before i do so they will respond to people who are being mean to me or saying something nasty to me and the thing is that people are like oh you're sending your followers no these are people who I've been friends with and who have grown with me for years so of course they're going to get upset on my behalf I'm not sending anyone I don't have to say anything people just get mad when someone is rude for no reason and I think that of course absolutely people who have big followings um shouldn't make a habit of like targeting somebody for no reason but at the same time I think you are allowed to defend yourself when someone is being a dick to you 
Yeah, agreed. But also, um, you you brought up something that I think also we need to define in our Twitter shorthand guide, which is technically what we're doing right now. We cut off topic, mm-hmm. but you said um, if you quote tweet me and don't don't expect me to defend myself. So people might be like, well, why is quote tweeting someone so bad? So can you explain why specifically quote tweeting someone is a choice? Sure. So quote tweeting, a lot of times becomes an escalation of of an issue. And the reason why is because you're not just replying to somebody, which not as many people will see, but you are amplifying your response to all of your followers. So if I respond to somebody directly, a lot of my followers won't see it. Some of them will, but a lot of them won't. But if I quote tweet it, then they will see it because now it's on my feed. So it 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 takes it from being a quieter reply to being a louder reply. That's mm-hmm. the best way it, it, to... It's how the Twitter algorithm Right. Works. So that's the best way to sort of explain it. But yeah, so 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 that's basically it. Like one time I... I I did this myself like I tweeted and this was funny because I didn't actually at this person they were searching their names but there's a rapper a UK rapper called Giggs oh and like oh, no, clear. <laughs> I, I'm like on hip-hop Twitter also like nobody pays attention to any of my hip-hop tweets but like once I was complaining about his lyrics in this one Drake song just like to myself because nobody ever interacts <laughs> with my hip-hop um uh tweets maybe like Chochi and that's it and 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 gigs found it and he (laughs) replied to me and like he corrected it because i got the lyric wrong and then he just he but he was sweet about it like he was nice about it like he had every right to like quote tweet me and like i would have been toast because he has thousands and thousands of followers but he replied instead he replied instead right but, oh, that's nice. And I didn't at him, so he, like, went searching for his name. So, like, that's a little bit sus, sus of him. But <laughs> had he done that, like, I have no one to blame for myself. <laughs> <but> myself. <laughs> no, it's totally true. And, yeah, so, so you know, TLDR for the whole quote tweet thing is that when you when you quote tweet someone to reply to them, you it's because you want people to see right. that reply. You think this reply is saying something important and you're amplifying it. Um, and if the reply is mean, that means you're amplifying something mean and you know what you're right. doing. And that's calling your followers because like there's mm-hmm. been times where mm-hmm. I'm in a situation where someone is harassing me or won't leave me alone and I will quote tweet them. And then that, then it's like, hey, I need help because this person yeah. won't stop and they're getting their friends to pile on me. And it's like a Nazi or something and I I need help right now because I feel threatened um but like if you're do if you're having a petty argument with someone and you do that then th- that's how they're gonna read it Gumi Young has a secret she's a gumiho a shape-shifting nine-tailed fox that must hunt down men and devour their energy in order to live forever no one in modern day Seoul believes in the old tales anymore which makes it the perfect place to hide and to hunt but Myung's life is turned upside down when she saves the life of a human boy on Jihoon. And after Myung saves Jihoon's life, the two form a tenuous friendship that blooms into romance, setting them down a path that will soon force Myung to choose between her immortal life and Jihoon's. Wicked Fox and its companion novel Vicious Spirits finds inspiration in Korean mythology, culture, and K-dramas. Wicked Fox has been called a vibrant debut novel that employs Korean genre conventions for an utterly original take on the young adult fantasy by Entertainment Weekly and fresh and fast-paced by School Library Journal Review. 
Wicked Fox and Vicious Spirits are out now from Penguin Random House, wherever books are sold. The choices made in Wicked Fox have had far-reaching effects, and Myung's friends are about to find out the dire consequences. The forces that govern life and death have been upended, and there are supernatural entities lurking in the background that will stop at nothing to right their world. New romance and dangers abound in Vicious Spirits, the companion novel to the crowd-pleasing Wicked Fox. This contemporary fantasy duology finds inspiration in Korean mythology, culture, and K-dramas. Wicked Fox has been called a vibrant debut novel that employs Korean genre conventions for an utterly original take on the young adult fantasy by Entertainment Weekly and fresh and fast-paced by School Library Journal Review. Wicked Fox and Vicious Spirits are out now from Penguin Random House wherever books are sold. Just to not get too stuck on this subject, I'm going to move on to our next thing on our bullet list. And it says, we said... Expectations for how you treat your readers and bloggers. Importante. So what we mean by this is that there, there's two there's two parts to this. The one part is that, uh, like, just when you are like becoming an author, you need to respect the fact that readers and bloggers are the people who are going to talk about your book. They're going to talk up your book. They're going to be reading your book. They're going to be the word of mouth that we're saying is like actually one of the most impressive and useful marketing tools out like above everything else Mm. and so that demands a little bit of respect from you as an author and we've seen a lot of times that authors talk down to readers and bloggers Um, and oftentimes this is started by someone saying like oh I didn't like this certain thing like a review comes out something like that and we're I mean, we're always saying, like, do not read the reviews. Mm. But on top of that, do not engage in negative reviews because nothing good will come of it. You think that you're, like, gonna, you think that you're gonna, like, teach them, right? You're, like, I, I imagine them, I don't under, I've never, would never do this myself. So I don't really know what gets a person to reply to a negative review. But what I can imagine is that they think that they're gonna explain, like, what they really wanted to do with the book and the review will be like, Oh, I was wrong. I'm so sorry. Five stars. <laughs> I'm like, is that what you think is going to happen? Yeah. Um, but that never happened. I've never, I've never seen that happen. So like, if that's what you're hoping, just don't. Um, so, so we really, I, you know how we were saying, like, don't treat someone with, um, you know, a, a bigger platform who have like, you know, over 5,000 followers as a faceless account. Don't treat bloggers like nobodies either because they're very important people in this community and, mm. um, you know, we owe a lot to them and and we should have a respectful interactions with them if we have them at all because sometimes they deserve their own space as well. They do. And you know what's really interesting is that even if someone gives you a review that you don't love, that doesn't mean that it's not going to lead to sales. <laughs> like, yeah. like they could say like, oh, this book had like, a love triangle and I hate that and the person reading the review could be like oh I love love triangles and they'll buy the book <laughs> because of that and it's like hello yeah. have you never heard of there's no such thing as bad press like everything mm-hmm. if people are talking about your book that's a good thing like you're 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 eliciting a reaction from readers and and that's good even if it's like three stars like something that you don't want like it still means that someone took the time to read your book, to buy your book, to read your book, to put a review out there. And all of those 
help in, in the long run. Um, I do think that bloggers need to stop tagging authors in negative reviews, but I think that's a yes. very small percentage of them. I think that doesn't happen as often. Um, yeah. If you tag an author, this is my, I mean, I would never do this, but like if you tag an author in a negative review and the author's like, what's up? That's also on you. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like you quote tweeted them. Yeah. That's like that's that's on the same in the same family category. Right. You can't as, like as you shouldn't you shouldn't someone. do that. Like you shouldn't expect them to not have a reaction if you tag them. Um I don't think authors should do it anyway because it's just dumb and like Kat said it's going to lead to nothing good. But but I think that we should respect each other's spaces and we the reading reviewing space is for readers it's for bloggers just leave them there it's not going to upset you if you don't see it so just let them do their thing you know not everybody's going to love your book like that's impossible people are going to hate it and that's okay that's their right that doesn't mean that they hate you as a person they just yeah. don't like this one thing that you did that's all yeah which is totally which is totally fine and and you know there's there's bad actors in any group right mm. so like you know, there's going to be like authors that act out and we're like, ooh, don't do that. And like quite well saying, there's like some bloggers who are going to do something where we don't necessarily love that behavior. But I think the biggest thing is to like not overreact to either side doing, you know, I, I think I think if your friend is doing something bad, then you have the ability to call them in mm. and you should definitely do that. But, um, you know, I think I think also I want to say with this topic before we move on is that. Um, the other side of that, of this whole, like how we treat or interact with our readers and bloggers online is that sometimes authors do worry, oh, am I supposed to interact every time, you know, someone talks about my book or like I'm, I'm tagged in Instagram posts. Like what if I'm tagged in a positive review? Mm. Um, do I have to interact with those? And I always say like, no, you don't have to. You're not required to at all times. Um, you're allowed to take your space, but even as you choose to step back, always think, do it in a respectful way. So don't like say, oh, I'm getting off of Twitter because so many people are like demanding things from me. Like, don't do that, okay? <laughs> um, but if you just want to like quietly step away because like your mental health requires it or you just don't have the headspace to be like liking all of the things that you're tagged in or you want to limit your notifications like Clarabelle does to only be from people who you follow back, that's within your right. Those are all respectful actions. It's fine. Yeah, absolutely. You have the right to curate your space and to make yourself um, as comfortable as you can. Having Changing my notifications um has made a really big difference the the sadder part of it is sometimes I do miss when new people find me and just mm -hmm. and don't follow me but just want to say like hey I love your book um and that sucks but like I don't know I just feel like the benefits of not having someone be like horrible to me that I don't know just like outweigh um anything else because my mental health you know I gotta watch out for mm -hmm. that bitch for real Okay, what's next on our list, Clara? Um, I love this one. Remember, teens, and for me, baby teens, <laughs> pre-teens, pre -teens, I forgot the word, um, are our readers, and in parentheses, yes. minors. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's really important, mm. right, <laughs> to know that. <laughs> it is, it is so, it, 
people forget this shit all the time. It's like the the amount of reviews that people will get, like, these characters are immature. And it's like, a Cindy, they're 12. Like, I don't know what to tell you, okay? Um, like, mm-hmm. it's fine if you're an adult and you read YA, if you read middle grade. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think that a lot of times teens are pushed out of a space that yes. is supposed to be for them and created for them because adults sort of dominate it and don't listen when teens ask for certain things. And I think that that's really messed up because in the same way we're supposed to be giving a space um, to readers and bloggers and letting them and like staying out of it um, as adults, I think that we have completely overrun the YA community to the point where it's like t- sometimes teens don't feel safe. Um, mm-hmm. sharing things because grown adults are going to yell at them. And I think that's ridiculous and it shouldn't be like that. It's so unfortunate. It's so unfortunate. And also like to remember that like when we are interacting with them, you know, yes, respect them as human beings. Like they're people They're I mean, teens are amazing and kind of scary sometimes. They can accomplish such amazing things. I mean, it's why we all love YA, right? Because of the spirit of the characters that fit into that space. Um, But they are still minors, which means that like, you know, don't be like, hey, you know, if you want, I I saw an author once ask a teen, an, an underage teen, um, BIPOC reviewer, like if you if you want to have keep on having this conversation, I'm not going to have it on Twitter. Send me your phone number, and otherwise, I'm not talking to you anymore. And the teen was like, "Um, I'm 16. I'm not sending you my phone number. You're like a grown adult. Like I wouldn't send it to another teen on Twitter. That's so weird. And people were like, "Did you forget like that your readers are teenagers, and you're pretty much like demanding them to like." do something that could potentially be unsafe for them, this is a bad look, you know? Super bad. And then on top of – super bad. And then on top of that, there are things that come out of um, the the whole, like, adults forget that this genre is for teenagers and the characters are teenagers thing. And I think the biggest thing that, um, you know, I don't want to get too into it, it but it's, it merits mentioning is is the idea that we kind of, like – objectify and or sexualize uh YA characters Mm -mm. in a way that feels a little bit uncomfortable at some points and is something that has been pointed out that I have seen teen bloggers talk about being like I don't love this and that's why I don't interact with the Twitter YA guys that is so fucking weird like do you not see how lusting over like a 16 or 17 year old is wrong like it doesn't matter if it's a fictitious character the intention is still there and that is so absolutely weird and uncomfortable for teen Mm -hmm. readers to have to see how are they gonna feel safe with you and trust you as like an adult that's not gonna hurt them or write things that aren't going to hurt them. If you're out here doing that, that's like weirdo behavior. You need to stop. I think it's something, it's, it's behavior that we all need to kind of realize. Like if you want to show that you think a character is like amazing and handsome and talented, you can be like, oh, it's my, like, it's my baby. I want to protect him from the world. You could say something like that. my son. Be- yeah, it's my son, you know. Or it's like my favorite just- character. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's there's non-sexualized language that we can use to talk about these these characters that show that we stand them, 
without making it an uncomfortable conversation. Yeah. And and it is it is really nuanced and, and I do not at all like pretend to understand all the different aspects of it. Um but I will say like it's it's worth keeping in mind. Yeah. Because this age difference between us as creators and well, some, our readers. Well, some of us, because there's really young authors as well. There are. So there are, there are a lot of Gen Z authors out there that are amazing. Um, but even even then, like if you're 25 and your right. readers are 16, right. there is still a technical age. Yeah, that's definitely. not okay to do. Um, so yeah, just respect teens, respect young readers, respect their space, and don't be a fucking weirdo. <laughs> don't be. Um, okay, our last for this before we, we move on is just another abbreviation that I've seen people so often ask, what does that mean? <laughs> and we say MSWL a lot, and it means manuscript wish list, which should be pretty self-explanatory, but it's, it is also a website if you want to go to the manuscript wish list website. Um, and it's, really, it's a really nice tool for querying authors um, because a lot of agents will put what they're hoping to see in their query inbox from authors and it kind of gives you a research tool for like who would be right for you and your stories yeah it's really cool and a lot of times agents and editors will tweet out like mswl um and it's a good thing for you you can keep track of it um when i was querying or when i'm about to go on sub sometimes i will look for mswls for like specific things that pertain to my story and i'll save it and like share it with Susie. or when i was querying i would keep a list of it it just it doesn't hurt you know to know like sp- mm-hmm. what specific things agents are looking for in the moment because they don't always like there there are things that they want that are fleeting that they don't have on their website and that's like a good way to keep track of those like in the moment like things that they that they're hoping to see Mm-hmm. True. Um, and, and for any, we're not going to go through every single abbreviation that exists on Twitter, no. because honestly, you could Google it. Uh, I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm being smart, but it's true. It's true, right? Like, um, you can Google MSWL, and it will come up really, really quickly. Um, and so it's worth it for you to, to ask Google before you ask Twitter. <laughs> For Luzelli Luna, ghosts are more than just the family business. Shortly before Halloween, Luzelli and her best friend Sid cast a spell that accidentally awakens malicious spirits wreaking havoc throughout St. Augustine. Together, they must join forces with Sid's witch grandmother Babette and her tubby tabby chunk to fight the haunting head-on and reverse the curse to save the town and Luzelli's firefly spirit before it's too late. With the family dynamics of Coco and action-packed adventure of Ghostbusters, Clarabel A. Ortega delivers both a thrillingly spooky and delightfully sweet debut novel with Ghost Squad. Order today at buyghostsquad.com. Um, we had a couple of like really, really, really quick scandals that we wanted to review <laughs> that we thought we could fit at the end here. Um, we don't even have the full context for these anymore because they're so old. <laughs> they're so old. <laughs> But if you've been on Twitter for a long time, I feel like you're gonna uh, you're about to laugh. Um, one of them was I was hacked. <laughs> so this is like some rando who's like probably not even on Twitter anymore, and she was being like racist or bigoted to somebody, and people started to be call her out, and um, she was like like adamantly fighting against anyone who said anything back to her and then eventually mm-hmm. when she realized like i'm not gonna win this fight she was like i was hacked 
And it became like an entire day of people saying I was hacked about different things. It was incredible. It, it's, it's, it's a whole mini meme within the Twitter mm-hmm. publishing community. Because now when, now when someone comes up who's a bad player and keeps on replying to everyone in really aggressive ways, people are like, I bet they were hacked. Yeah, or like how long till <laughs> I was hacked comes up. <laughs> and the funny thing is, is that independent, like people who have no association with that original I was hacked person have also claimed since then that they were hacked. Um <laughs> I, I can remember distinctly a handful of instances where it happened and people were flabbergasted. They were like, I, is it really happening again? Did they say that seriously? But, or are they joking? Do they know the joke? And, they, and we're like, no, no, no. They mean it. They mean it. Freaking out. Like, is this a thing? Like, how did we not know I was hacked is a thing? That, that someone <laughs> very specifically got hacked to fight with the book community is like the funniest shit that I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> The best thing, the best end to this long run joke, though, that I could imagine is that is that we do eventually realize that there's some like asshole in a basement somewhere who was hacking people and just being a jerk. <laughs> like they were like vindication really for I was people. <laughs> but I, I, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say that I, I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen. But if it did, I would kudos. It would probably be that one account, Azul Cat. Do you remember that person? Oh my god. It's like our collective I, okay, harasser so this, for like two years. This is an individual. Um, and we did say we weren't gonna oh, call tr- out individuals, but this was an anonymous right. individual. No one to this day really knows who it was. And if someone does know who it is, then you know, like tell us. Let us know. Um yeah, they 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 made an account very specifically to try to argue with anyone who pointed out racism mm-hmm. and they had a cat much. for like, an avatar and they were they were some it was something like a zool cat mm-hmm. something like that yeah they were they were the anti-anti-racism <laughs> account um and they would get so mad about the idea that publishing was diversifying yeah which which is why a lot of people did guess that this person is a non-poc mm-hmm. Um, because why why are you taking it so personal? I don't know. <laughs> you know? They're gone, thank goodness. <laughs> um, they are gone. They are gone. Um there there was a there I think they had a secondary uh troll account for a hot second, but I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Um Claire will tell us can tell us what uh please stop <laughs> scrolling means. <laughs> this was along the same lines as I was hacked, like a random like white boomer <laughs> lady was like fighting about you know, POC calling out racism and uh, kept fighting, fighting, fighting. And and then people started finding like super racist tweets and really shitty things that she had said in the past. And she tweeted, please stop scrolling. (laughs) Like, please stop (laughs) scrolling down my account and finding all the racist things I've ever said before because she didn't know how to delete anything. So (laughs) she was just being overwhelmed by like millennials owning her um <laughs> she was overwhelmed by her own previous i mean this is the twitter version of like well 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 if it isn't the <laughs> consequences of my own of actions, actions. 100 <laughs> percent. that's exactly what it was um um but yeah yeah i mean those were those were intense and and that was very that was so long ago that i'm pretty sure clarabelle you and i were, were fairly new to being active members of publishing yeah on twitter at that yeah point. we were i don't mm-hmm. even know if i had an agent yet this could have been like pre-2016 maybe oh gosh 
let's not talk about too much about <laughs> the before times our past <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah those um I, I, do you have a do you have any words of wisdom like some uh some lessons that we learned from from those two instances don't be don't be weird don't be don't be racist basically like don't that's a great lesson. don't be racist and don't <laughs> like the 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 log off and take a walk is like such an important thing in moments like this oh, because yeah. like if you are fighting like a whole bunch of people and and you said something terrible like your instinct as a person if you're backed into a corner is to keep fight is to fight your way out right um mm-hmm. but in these kinds of situations like that's not gonna help it's only gonna like dig you further in the hole and like the best thing for you to do is like take a step back uh stop and just um stop fighting and and think about the things that you're being told and Mm -hmm. if you are being like a like a bigot then apologize for it and try to do better but don't try to like fight your way to making bigotry okay (laughs) it's a bad look i think i think (laughs) I think that was a huge thing about the original I Was Hacked is that they were arguing with people almost like to be like, what I did wasn't wrong. Mm. And it's like, no, everyone, that's you, that's never going to happen. You're never going to convince us. Everyone's on the same page right. that what you did was wrong. Like, but now the conversation needs to be about how you're going to apologize. Right. But Twitter <laughs> loves to fight one another. But like when we mm-hmm. team up against like one common enemy, like – you have to look no further than harsh writing advice that was number one trending in the entire United States. <laughs> like when we all collectively like hold hands for one second is like, let's put our differences aside and fight this one villain. <laughs> like you're fucked, bro. Yeah. It's yeah. We all, we were like doing whatever the Twitter equivalent was of being like, we are the world <laughs> <laughs> or whatever that is. Um, the lesson that I got from the uh the i was hacked situation is is definitely to to not be defensive Mm. because i think and and to separate the um a mistake an individual mistake in an action you make from like who you actually are as a person because we all make mistakes like we all we all make a lot of mistakes and we sometimes do it out loud Mm -hmm. But um, I think if you kind of can understand and, and see the situation as like, okay, I effed up, but that doesn't mean that like everyone's going to hate me forever as long as I can grow from this. Um, because I have seen people who said something inappropriate and then someone was like, hey, by the way, uh, that's like really ableist. And the person was like, holy shit, I'm so sorry. Right. Thank you for educating me. Um, they put out a statement, whatever, depending on how big or, or small it is. And we got, we get over it really quickly, you know, because their immediate reaction was to acknowledge that they made a mistake instead of digging the hole, the, digging the hole deeper. Yeah, And I, I think that one thing that I think is important to remember is that we're all human and like, we make mistakes and we should be allowed to make mistakes. I'm not talking about someone who's like intentionally bigoted. I'm talking about people mm-hmm. who like, who mess up, who like make a mistake and like want to do better and like learn from those mistakes. And I think a lot of times 
people act like they were born born woke on Twitter. And it's like, <laughs> you were not. Like, you have made mistakes. Mm-hmm. Like, we all have made mistakes. But because everything is so public, like, the moment someone fucks up, it's like they're Im- immediately problematic. We're all problematic. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important to remember. I wish that we all had, like, a little bit more grace with one another. Um yeah. When it comes to to that, to people who make honest mistakes, right, um, and who are still learning, because we we all have room to be better in 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 a lot of different areas. You might not even realize, um, but that doesn't apply to like people who like dig their heels down and like, no, this racist thing is good. <laughs> I mean, people who like honestly like <laughs> fuck up, you know, like I fucked up and. And I, and I want to be better and I didn't mean to do this thing. Um, I, th- I wish that there was a little bit more breathing room um, because I think that unfortunately what what happens with this sort of like uh, environment of intolerance for mistakes is the people who end up getting hurt for real and their careers hurt are BIPOC authors. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, it just there's there's a certain kind of entitlement about the mindset that everyone needs to revolve around your version of reality Mm. of like, Oh, you just don't see it from the people who are like arguing with you. No, you're just not seeing it from my perspective. You're just not seeing it from me. And if you did, then you would realize that I didn't do anything wrong. There's so much entitlement in that mindset and, and it's never going to work. Like imagine, imagine if all BIPOC acted like that. If we were like, no, like just why, why is it so hard for you to like see the world from my point of view? We'd all, we get nothing done. Right. We'd all be still super duper oppressed. It's like that one listener <laughs> who said she was the minority because she was a white woman living in Hawaii. Like, come on, mm-hmm, what are you going to mm-hmm. do? Anyway, that was our first, uh, first uh book twitter manual episode part one yay more parts to come we have we don't know how many (laughs) it could be forever um, (laughs) yeah no i mean obviously clarible i can talk about social media for forever but um we hope you like this new series that we're starting yeah i'm sure they will they love salt yeah and if um don't forget we we always forget to say this at the end but you know um, subscribe, rate, review this podcast if you like yeah, it. Yeah, buy our books and follow us. Follow us online too, man. Yeah, follow us. Follow us online. We're obviously on Twitter. <laughs> All our handles are in the show notes. Yeah. All right. See you guys next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to Write or Die. Be sure to check out Wicked Fox by Cat Cho and Ghost Squad by Clarabelle A. Ortega. And while you're at it, make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a review. See you next time, wordies. And don't forget to spread the word.